So will this have special edition music as well? <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah. There might be a special edition music. A let remix? See, let me see what uh, I can do. A techno remix of the on taking pictures. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Hold on. I got to turn the light switch on and off. <laughs> all right uh hey welcome to a special episode of on taking pictures uh normally we're talking about the art and science of making images but today we're talking about hackintosh hackintosh what's a hackintosh well bill i'm glad you asked It's like one of the, the one of the film strips you used to watch it. Your Hackintosh and, <laughs> and you. you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so special episode on uh, why and how and what's a what's a Hackintosh good for really? Yes. Uh, my name is Jeffrey Sidoris. I'm from FadedAndBlurred.com, and with me is Bill Wadman, hello, portrait photographer from the Big Apple. Yes. In this yeah. case, I will use my pseudonym Phil Madman. Phil. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Hey, so we're talking Hackintosh. Um, what was, what, what, why are we talking Hackintosh, first of all? Um, well, a number of reasons. One, uh, Apple desktop computers, especially the Mac Pros, uh, which are expandable with all kinds of internal drive bays and more RAM and more powerful CPUs, those uh, haven't been updated f- really. Uh, I mean, theoretically, they were slightly updated a month ago, but not really. Um, a little speed bump. Yeah. That's about it. Uh, with They still have two-year-old processors and three-year-old processors and really old video cards, and uh, and and they're expensive, way expensive for what they are when it comes right down to it because uh, they right. use these Xeon processors, which are great, but basically they're the same processor that is in your regular i7. It's just that they are like have slight differences on the outside and the way they talk to the rest of the computer, but performance is about the same, so... Uh, for a lot of people, it's a it's a matter of cost. Right. Um, so it's a right. matter of choice. It's a matter of cost. And uh, and, and some to, people just like to play with things. To be honest, it, the pros are are really kind of behind the curve in terms of the rest of the Apple line. Yeah, yeah. I think the I mean, except when you're crunching on a what is the max a twelve core Mac mm-hmm. Pro, which are literally five thousand dollars. Right. You know. Uh, unless you're running one of those, I think the new MacBook Pro Retina is probably the fastest computer in the lineup, which is totally what Apple's going for. They want you, you know, they they are moving people towards laptops, and you can do plenty of great work on laptops. I personally just like a big monitor. Uh, I don't want to spend a fortune on my computer, and I I like playing with them myself. Right, um, and and if you, from a cost perspective, even if you were to purchase one of the new retinas, uh, we talked about that in an earlier show. You're looking, I mean, if you max one out, you're looking at about four thousand dollars, yeah, plus another thousand for an Apple branded cinema display. Yeah, uh, so you know that's an awful lot of money for uh, performance that you can build Get for a fraction of the price. Yeah, about yeah. a quarter of the price yeah. probably. So, um, th- so the whole idea of running Mac OS on just regular, uh, uh, I guess, what was the what would the word be? Hardware, custom hardware. Yeah, custom. Like custom Mac sort of, uh, is kind uh, of the new term yes. that they're using to describe it instead of a hack. How about we say off the shelf hardware? Sure. Um, 
is, is what would it, typically be reserved for Windows machines. Exactly right. Um, the whole idea of doing this is 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 not a new idea. Overall, um, Apple see Apple PCs or Macs back in the day uh, used to use these sixty eight hundred or sixty eight thousand CPUs, the motor, old Motorola CPUs, um, and then in like the mid nineties, they switched over to the Power PCs which was a, a huge transition for Apple. And at some point in there, I think in 94, was it? Uh, Apple decided to, or actually uh, 95, there we go. Um, people They started to allow other companies to use Mac OS on their hardware. Uh, you, and they would pay Apple a licensing fee, much the way that, you know, makers Dell and HP pay Microsoft for licensing fee to use Windows on theirs. Um, sure. But when Steve Jobs returned at the end of the 90s, he removed the whole thing. He got rid of it, and like three years after it started. But there was a time when you could buy non-Apple Macs um, in the mid-90s. Did you know anybody who ever had one? Uh, I knew I knew people... Uh, th- yeah, I did. Um, not very many. Um, the cost difference then wasn't as dramatic as it is now. Right. You know, they were still more expensive than their Windows counterparts. Yeah, still way uh, more expensive. Yeah. But now it's gotten to a point, and we'll get to it, where you're literally a, a quarter of the price of of the equivalently performing right. Apple-branded hardware. Right. Uh, yeah, so I, I knew a guy who ran a recording studio who had like a, a UMAX or a Radius uh or a power computing box underneath his desk to run, I don't know, I guess it was Pro Tools at the time. Um, so that that was a big thing. But then when Steve Jobs came back, he realized that all of the profit margin was in the high-end hardware, which is the Mac Pro and that kind of stuff. So he killed the killed the clones, as they say. Right. Uh, and, and, and I think there were a handful of people who were finding ways to make it work after that. But the problem is, is that Apple uses a f- like a couple proprietary chips on the motherboard so that macOS uh, won't run essentially unless it sees this proprietary stuff, um, and it didn't really make a difference because while they were selling PowerPC, no one was going to use that anyway. Now, all of us were I I was a Windows guy for years, right? Um, and I used I've built my own machine since oh I don't know nineteen ninety maybe. Mm-hmm. 22 years I've been building my own computers. That's crazy. Um, and so I've always been doing that stuff, and I was a, a Windows guy. And uh, although I've owned Macs in the past, I had a titanium power book. I've had lots of Mac laptops, still have one today. Um, for my desktop, my main machine, I was always using Windows, mostly because, well, first of all, I, I don't really have any big problem with Windows. I think Windows is fine. Um uh, now it is. Yeah. There, there were some bumps in the road. Sure. Years but, past. But like, you know, when I used to run Windows 2000, I had no problem with that. Yeah. And a modern yeah. machine running Windows with, you know, Lightroom and Photoshop is a perfectly, you know, good workstation sure. to use. I used that sure. for years. Um, you know, the other part of it, it for me, I mean, my, my friend Mark and I, we would kind of go back and forth building new machines. And it was probably similar to people who hot rod cars, that same kind of mentality. It is, it is you know? totally, it is entirely that same mentality. Yeah. You're, you're going to the weekend computer fairs and you're buying components and you're, you know, you're learning to overclock and you're learning to tweak this and that. And it's just, if, if you're wired that way, no pun, 
it's a fun thing to do. I mean, yep. and, and then you've totally. got this sense of accomplishment yep. of you've built this yep. this machine. And, and that's the case with even like just building a Windows, not even Hackintosh, just building your own computers. It's sure. fun because generally you're going to use better components than most of the component, most of the PC makers are ever going to use because they're going to try to skimp in every corner. Um, did you did you used to run Windows back in the day, or have you always yes. been a Mac guy? No, I um I started I I started out as a Mac person, um and I've had a two SI and a two E and a two CX, uh, and then went to the Windows side in college, um, mostly for application compatibility. What, what uh, were you running the, that you wanted? Uh, you know, it was it was a a, a very brief stint. At uh, engineering and and going in that direction, so AutoCAD and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then I realized that that wasn't fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but for years, and then it was it was gaming. Really, that's what kind of drove and still does. Really drives uh, performance on on PC hardware. I mean, nothing really pushes a, a Windows machine like like the current generation of games do. Yeah, and in many uh, ways, games. I mean. Other than video editing and photo editing and this kind of stuff, the high-end stuff, um, games are the only thing that really push any of these machines. I mean, sure. my sister's sure. still using my MacBook Pro from 2006. So this is a, what would that be now? That would be a six-year-old computer. And it's mm-hmm. still got a Core 2 Duo in it. It's fine. You know, it's still, it's it's a perfectly fine machine for browsing the web and writing in Word and whatever else, the kind of stuff she does. Right. Um, yeah, there, there are very few applications that really tax the current generation of hardware. Yeah. No, totally. And uh, and even a lot of the stuff that we do, and I'll get into that in a second, is is you're not taxing a lot of stuff. No, um, it's it's RAM and and swap disk. Yeah. That, that really become your bottleneck. Yeah. Um. So in 2005, I guess it was, uh, Apple announced. Was it 2005 that they switched to the Intel? Yeah. Somewhere around there, right? Four or five. Okay. Um, they announced that they were going to switch to Intel CPUs. And, and the reason why they did this was that PowerPC chips, um, they, they, they were getting too hot and their performance wasn't good enough. And so, they, like, the last G5s were actually liquid-cooled, weren't they? Which is just crazy. Uh, the, uh, the G5 towers, I think, uh, were they? I think the last ones were actually liquid-cooled because they were so hot. Hmm. Which is just I don't remember crazy to me. Um, anyway, they, they they couldn't get them fast enough, and the people who were making power PCs, so that would be like IBM and Motorola, just couldn't keep up. And Intel uh, was about to come out. They were still using uh, Pentium fours at the time, which were really hot chips as well. But they were about to come out with that core architecture, so the, right. the core two and the core you know core duo and the core two duo and the core quad. They, just, um, they had more efficient manufacturing yeah. at that point. Yeah, absolutely. No, and that too. Right. Yeah. So they kind of Intel sort of rebooted with the whole core, the Conroe revolution. Um, and essentially, what they did, they had a little team. I think it was in Israel, like an Intel engineering team, who basically took a very old core, like a Pentium three core, and started doing tuning to it to get it faster and lower power. And that's what ended up becoming like these new core processors. Um, Anyway, very fast, and Intel saw this, and or uh, Apple saw what Intel was doing, and Intel, I'm sure, said, look, here's our roadmap, and our roadmap is crazy good, and it's getting more power efficient, and they're getting really fast, and you guys are stuck uh, with this PowerPC stuff that's now hit a wall, so why don't you come over this side? And 
I remember, in fact, I'll, I'll put the, I put the video in the show notes, the like eight minute little chunk of the announcement at the keynote that mm-hmm. Steve Jobs was giving. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, we know we transferred from uh, 68K to PowerPC, and then we transferred uh, from OS 9 to OS 10, which was a big trans- trans- that transition. That was a huge transition. Right. And he's like, and then, but now we're going to do one more. And he puts up a thing that says it's true, and the E in true was dropped like in the Intel logo. Right, 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 right. And everyone just sort of like gasps, you know, that they're actually doing this because there were rumors that they were going to do it. And then he says, you know, let me show you. He goes, in fact, this machine that I've been using all day is is running on an Intel processor, and everyone yeah. starts laughing. And he pulls up the about this Mac, and I think it said something about it, like Intel uh, Pentium 4. Yeah. And and that's sort of the beginning of all this because they had Mac this OS was back when Apple could keep a secret. Right. <laughs> but but this but basically they were showing that they had Mac OS running on essentially OEM hardware, just regular right. Right. off-the-shelf and they, hardware. And they had been doing that since since the onset of of OS 10. There right. were apparently two teams that right. were maintaining compatibility with OEM hardware from the Windows side from the beginning. Right, exactly. And but it but it showed that it wasn't necessary you didn't have, I'm sure Mac didn't Apple did not go create build a Mac and have it manufactured right. with Mac stuff to run this. They right. just built a machine like we built a machine. Right. Um and so And they've wh- been using, you know, the same Radeon or Nvidia yep. video cards. Yep. Uh, yep. Nothing crazy on that end. Right. And so uh this was in 2004 six or so that they started coming out with these new machines and people started saying, you know what? Like we need to figure out a way that we can run this new Mac OS lion, I guess was at the time, right? No, not lion. It would have been, I mean, uh, uh, Panther? Uh, Panther? Panther? Was it, uh, t- three. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. Lion. What am I saying? Lion. Uh, but what's before leopard? What's uh, 10.4. Wasn't it Panther? No, that tiger. was ten dot three. Tiger. There we go. Tiger. Ten dot four would be tiger. They're, they're they're all based on big cats. Yeah, exactly. So I, it was tiger. It was ten dot four. Um, and people said, you know, what? we got to figure out a way to run this on cheap software, uh, cheap hardware. Now, when they first came out with Intel Max, the way that Apple dealt with keeping you from doing this was that there is like a single chip on the motherboard of these Apple things called the SMC, the System Management Controller. Um. And this has to do with uh, uh, temperatures on different processors and the way it talks to the EFI, which is sort of the the BIOS, the the underlying software on the on the computer before your Very operating system goes control. on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it this and Mac OS looks for this before it'll boot. The kernel won't work without this SMC. Uh, on the motherboard. Now, of course, you go buy a Gigabyte or an Asus motherboard from Newegg, it's not going to have an SMC on it, uh, not the Apple one. Um, so this is the way that they kept people from from doing this. Now, some guy, and I think it was Netkas, is that the guy's name? Mm-hmm. Some guy came and actually... N-E-T-K-A-S. Right. Wrote uh, a little extension, a little kernel extension called Fake SMC. And basically, this is a piece of software that makes Mac OS think that it's running on Mac hardware when right. it's not. Intercepted at boot or actually pre-boot when you're when you're just exiting post. Right. And it's 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 some Jedi, you know, this is not the SMC you're looking for kind of thing. Exactly. And it works. And yeah. <laughs> now it doesn't mean that you can just go grab any computer willy-nilly and run Mac OS on it. Did you just um, use willy-nilly? Yes, I did say willy-nilly. And you still say you're not fancy. <laughs> 
Oh. Now, uh, Wait, listeners, there might be a fiddle dee dee in there soon. <laughs> Toodly too. Um, so, yeah, so you, the SMC is right. really what opened the door right. for for this kind of revolution of of, exactly. of using Mac OS. And uh, the other problem they had was that Macs use what's called uh, e- uh, EFI, which is an ex, ex, ex eh, blah 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 extensible firmware interface. Is that correct? Sure. Okay. Uh, which essentially, in the old days uh, on w- PCs, uh, there's a thing called the BIOS, which is the basic input-output software or system. That's, uh, I think it's that's system. the black screen with all the white type before you get to your manufacturer logo. Exactly. The stuff that comes up before the Dell logo. Or exactly. Before the or Asus sometimes logo. when the Dell logo is on there, because mm-hmm. now they mm-hmm. do that, right? But before Windows starts on a regular Windows machine, you see all this like white stuff. That's the BIOS. And basically, when you turn a computer on, the BIOS is like built into the motherboard and, and make sure that the memory's there and the processor's there and your video card is there. And then it hands it off to the operating system, normally Windows, say, or, or Linux. Um, but Macs used their, their, they've, BIOSes are very old. This is all the way back to the original PC in the, in the early eighties. It's pretty much the same thing. So they, they needed a way to update that. And so Intel and a bunch of other companies came up with this EFI standard a few years ago. And, uh, the, the, the uh, PC makers have been very, very slow to adopt this, but Apple ended up using it as the basis for their new Intel Macs. So the other thing that it's looking for other than the SMC is this EFI firmware. So these guys have taken all of these pieces and built a bootloader, essentially. So what happens is that you start your computer, and the first thing that loads is this piece of software that makes your computer look like a normal regular Mac with an EFI BIOS and an SMC chip on the motherboard and your, it just works on from there. It's actually incredible amounts of engineering involved in this. And all of this stuff is done by people for nothing. Yeah. And, and many of them are teenagers. They're writing this code. They're, 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 they're little computer nerds who are amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and our hats are off to them on many absolutely. levels. Yeah, um, absolutely. Now, this if, if you're listening to this and going, oh, my God, I'm just going to go buy a Mac, that's fine. And this is perfectly fine. Uh, none of what you heard right now, most of it you don't ever have to worry about, again, like the reasoning behind it. We just wanted to give a little bit of the actual background. Um, so, Jeffrey, when, was your, when did you build your first uh, First one, I think, was 2000. 2007 is when I built my first one. First, now, uh, not first PC. I've been building PCs right. for a long time, but first custom Mac or Hackintosh, however you want to. Um, so that's 2007. what you were running before we built you the other one. Yes. Okay. Yes. Other uh, than now, I, I've still got you know MacBook Pros and sure. uh, that kind of hardware. But in terms of desktop, of desktop, yeah, I've been happily using Hackintoshes for you know several years now now when you built that first one was it harder than the new one to get going yes yes uh there were a lot there there was lots of tinkering that had to be done okay um right now the 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 state of 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 the community right now is such that you can walk into an apple store and buy a copy of lion uh or i'll or log on to the Apple Store now uh, yeah. and, and, and purchase a copy of Lion. And with very little tinkering, 
uh, it runs on a remarkable array of hardware. Yes. And, and I've done some testing. Uh, I've got an old um, Dell Vostro 200 that it installed without a hitch first go and is running beautifully. Wait, who's using that? Is that the one Nikki's using? No, it's just, it's just kind of a That's test just box. for fun. I did it just to see if, if we could do it. Um, it's, and, and, and that's the crazy thing is that these guys have gotten this down to where all of a lot of almost all of the complexities behind very nice little interfaces and things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everything is, is, is graphical interface. There are boxes. You can check what options you'd like to enable or, or don't check them if you don't want to right. enable them. And it, it, it's become nearly as seamless as the official install. Yeah. And, and that again is just remarkable feat of software engineering on the on the part of these people. Now we'd like to point out right now that we're going to talk a little bit about how you actually do this. Um, we are not saying you should go do this. We are not saying uh, you shouldn't go do this. Uh, strictly speaking, this is not covered by the EULA, the end user licensing agreement on Mac OS. Uh, I think somewhere in there it says you can only run Mac OS on Apple hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, a company called Psystar started building essentially Hackintoshes a few years ago and selling them and got shut down by Apple. Um, I will say, though, that the Hackintosh community on the Internet is uh, very vibrant, and Apple has done nothing to try to shut them down that I know of. Um, yeah, because which is these really are, kind of strange. Well, I you know, I think there's a few things going on there. One... I think it's such a small number that it's not worth their time. Sure. You know, I mean, sure. maybe a few tens of thousands of people are doing this. This isn't like, you know, millions of people around the right. world. Right. Um, and then the other thing is that, you know, it's a good test bay for, I mean, if, if these kids can get this running on all this different hardware, you know, going forward, if, if it got to the point where Apple wanted to license Mac OS, it would actually be a good thing for them. Sure. That a lot of if, this if stuff they, has been yeah. figured if out Apple, already. If Apple wanted to come up with an installer that would probe your hardware and say, hey, you can run this. Yeah. And drop, you know, Mountain Lion or, or the next iteration for, for 20 bucks, they would sell a bajillion copies, I think. Exactly. So I, I think that in some ways it's like it's it's they're kind of sitting there, they're watching and they're just kind of, I mean, probably some of the engineers are laughing. Mm-hmm. Or just, but not laughing at them, just sort of laughing at the in, incredible innovation that's going on out there sure. in the world. Sure. Um, and this is not 100% seamless. No. You know, if you were the kind of person who wants a computer and never wants to think about anything, all right, go buy a Mac and right. buy Apple Care and, you know, drop it off when it breaks and they'll fix it and that's fine. Um, yeah. I- important to note that major updates, dot releases, like 10.7.3.4, those kinds of updates. Security updates and patches, not so much, but the major dot releases yeah. are not without yeah. glitch sometimes. Yeah, sometimes and, and you they're a little tricky. Yeah, you can't just hit software update and everything's fine. There are sometimes uh, additional steps that you, that you have right. to do. But I think to your point of, about uh, the vibrancy of the community... I, I, I agree with you. I think that on some level, Apple engineers have to just be sitting back going, okay, we keep closing these holes and you keep opening them right back up. And it, it's almost this sort of cat and mouse back and forth yep. between Apple and the community. Yeah. And, I, and, and the community has more than kept up. Sure. Um, so, and, and now on the mobile front as well. Right. 
So, yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is that no one's going, no Apple person is going to come to your house and, and, and arrest you or, or, or sue you or, or, you know, that's none Hopefully. of that kind of thing. Yeah. That's as far as we know, that's never happened to anybody and no one's ever gotten in trouble and anything like that. Just don't make them and sell them, you know? Yeah. Build and, one and, for yourself, and, don't and that's fine. Bring them to the genius bar if you have a problem with. Right, them. <laughs> exactly. I mean, this is this is on you. But if you're the yeah. kind of person who's built your own machines before and swaps out hard drives and that kind of stuff and wants to play with macOS, this is a perfectly fine way of doing it. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I had a machine that I built about three years ago. It was. This an, is the one you just sold, yeah. This is the one I just sold. Okay. Um. It was a, a Intel i7 920 quad core um i originally i had i had 12 gigs of ram in it um i ended up putting an ssd in it about a year and a half ago now, t- to be fair you did sell it without os 10 i it. did sell you, it without os 10 yeah. I'm, I'll, okay. I'll get to that okay <laughs> just wanted to make sure that yeah. that was clear that you yourself weren't selling right nope none of that um and I was uh, running Windows 7, and I was running Lightroom and Photoshop and all the rest of it, and I am fine with all those things on Windows. They're so similar now in terms of interface. They're, they're, they're almost, almost identical. identical. And as far as performance goes, they are identical, mm-hmm. as far, at least as far as I've seen, and I've been on both sides. Um, so I, I was running Windows 7, and, and the one thing about Windows, if you're a real power user, and I mean, I guess it's somewhat true of Mac OS too as well, uh, is that every once in a while, it's fun just to clean it off and start from scratch. Yep. Uh, and with Windows, I used to do it like maybe like once a year, you know? Well, isn't that, that's kind of the thing though, is is at least once a year, you got to wipe your machine yeah. and start over. I, you know, in some ways, it's kind of like changing your oil. Sure. You don't really need to do it as much as you used to have to do, but some people like to say, you know what? It's a beautiful weekend. I'm going to get under my car and change my oil. Yeah. For I'm us, going to rebuild my computer. I'm just going to wipe my, you know, back everything up, wipe my drive, and start clean because yeah. everything gets better when you start clean. Um, so I had to do that for Windows, and I had tried before, probably a year before that, to do it to run macOS on this machine on my old machine, and I couldn't get it to run. And I was using some, uh, let's say, uh, less. Uh, Let's just say I, I I wasn't very good about how I was doing it because there uh, there are out there on the internet some DVDs you can download that have macOS on them with all kinds of extra stuff and they say that they're just bootable and they just work and they use they use a lot of the same things that we've been talking about with this uh, fake SMC and all that kind of stuff but uh, they're a little bit more piratey than that right. distros um, yes. is their is their exactly. Term. Um, I tried using one of those about a year before just to mess around and it didn't work. I kept crashing or it never got to the installer. It just, you know, it just kind of stuck on the Apple logo. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of gave up after I fiddled with some bio settings. I changed some drives out and I just couldn't get it working. So I was like, ah, screw it. Well, in, in 2007, 2008, even into 2009, it was very specific on what motherboards right. would and would not work. And this was probably in 2009, mm-hmm. right? So 2011 comes around, and I it was it was March of 2011. I remember just because it was my happened to be my sister's birthday, and I was sitting there on March 16, 2011. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it again. I'm going to do a little research, and I found the holy grail of websites for this kind of thing, which is Tony Mac x86.com 
Yeah. Uh, now, there are a number of different ways of doing all the things we're going to talk about, but this is by far the easiest that I've ever seen. Uh, and their forums are great, and the software tools that they have are great, and uh, they're all very up and up. Like you, yeah. you know, anybody talks about any pirated this, and they don't go buy their stuff; they kick them off. Yeah, they're, um, they're very clear on purchasing Mac OS. Yeah, um, and which is which is great of them because then then everything's like above board, and mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I, I downloaded some tools, which we'll get to in a second, and I ended up successfully installing it on this old machine that I built. Now, I did not build the old machine. It had an Asus motherboard with kind of like a weird Asus motherboard. this like workstation-level motherboard. Um, but I got it running nonetheless. The only thing I didn't get it working was the audio on the onboard audio, mm-hmm. which was just kind of weird chipset. Um, but everything got working, and I had an external FireWire audio interface. Which works that, fine. That seems to be, at least in the beginning, that 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 was kind of the hiccup. That Audio. and uh, Ethernet. Yeah. And these things are getting better, much better now. But I, so I got things working, and I had really just done it to play with it for the weekend to see how see if I could actually even just get it running, and it worked so well. I switched from Windows to Mac mm-hmm. over a weekend, essentially, uh, because it ran so well on this hardware. Um, and that's the machine that I was using for the past year and doing all my jobs on it and all my work uh, and all the rest of it. Now, I had bought Snow Leopard. I went and bought Snow Leopard DVDs at the store when I was doing that one. Um, and now I've, I've bought Lion online through the App Store on, on my Mac laptop, and, and that's the way I've gotten Lion. So mm-hmm. those were all purchased purchases. Um, so when I went to build a new machine... I did it much the way you did recently, which was to buy hardware that is recommended by the guys over at Tony Mac. Right. They, they've put together a, a series of, of different configurations, kind, kind of the same thing that Apple does in terms of uh, good, better, best, uh, in terms of performance. Yeah. And they recommend and provide links to uh, all of the components that you'd need to successfully build uh, one yeah. of these machines. Basically, they say if you buy this CPU and this motherboard and this, you know, whatever, yeah. uh, and you use our tools, this will work. Right. You know, within ninety nine point nine percent certainty. Um, and so, people are what you should really do if you're interested in this kind of stuff at all. Uh, go to TonyMacX86.com, and on the left hand side, you'll see this link for custom Mac builds. Uh, and and you can scroll down and you can see like the they they give you the rundown and they give you links to Amazon and Newegg and I think if you they have affiliate stuff set up so if you go there and buy through their links if you're going to buy through Newegg anyway buy through their links and yeah. you will help they get support a, a Tony few Mac dollars on each purchase yeah. which you know helps to keep these guys and their website alive which is more than worth it you know it doesn't cost you anything um, one thing I will say is that their their current buyer's guide custom acts are based on the Sandy bridge processors, which are last generation now. Right. Uh, the, the new the, ones, apparently are, the, the Ivy bridge ones are in the works and will yes. be, will be imminent. Are, yeah. Are imminent. Uh, Jeffrey is running a Sandy bridge based custom Mac. Uh, mm-hmm. I am running an Ivy bridge based custom Mac, So I'm on the cutting edge. Um, right now. So, so Ivy bridge works. It's just that these guys haven't gotten quite around to actually writing it all up and, 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 being, and, and to be clear, about. there's not a humongous performance difference between the two. I mean, no, you're, you're dealing with current hardware is so fast now. Mm-hmm. 
you know, these i5 and i7 yeah. chips, yeah. Um, regardless of Sandy Bridge or Ivy Bridge, are so fast. Yeah. Um, but if you if you're you want to be right on the bleeding edge, you can wait, or you can you know start looking through the forums now because people are building them. I mean, I've I've built one myself, mm-hmm. um, and then and the new ones actually have a couple advantages, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, but if you're going to check it out and you want to buy hardware and you're like, oh, I don't know what to buy, this is where you go to look at what you buy. Uh, these custom acts. Uh, you know, and, and the, the great thing about resources like this, or is it um, x86 Project, uh, Insanely Mac, that's another one. Some of those um, get really confusing to me, though. Some of the well, stuff on, you know. I, I, the, the thing that I like about it is that you can ask questions. Oh, yeah, they, yeah It is such a vibrant community. Yeah, and people answer. And, and if, you do Google, if you do searches on the forums, you will find answers to almost any question you can think of. You know, mm-hmm. I have this motherboard and this CPU and this video card is doing X, Y, Z. You know, look that up and so, there's somebody else who has something similar or right, has that right. thing and has figured out an answer or, or is figuring out an answer. Um, and, and as long as you're respectful, you're not going to get flamed for asking questions. No, no. As long as you search first to make sure the answer isn't 15 other places before you ask, you're fine. Right, right. Um, so here's what you do. You go buy the 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 hardware in one of their setups right <clears throat> now for some reason which i've never quite figured out uh gigabyte motherboards are the chosen motherboards for hackintosh yeah did they, you ever they, find out why that started like, yeah they've become the ones i don't know uh i think years ago for some reason they they were cheap and they're cheaper than the asus but they're still good quality and so the guys who were building these things sort of standardized on them. So if you want to have the least problems and the, and the least amount of headaches, uh, stick with gigabyte motherboards. Um, uh, into- you know, it's funny on the on the PC side when we were yeah. building Windows-based machines, it was always Asus. Yeah, and those I, those were the motherboards of choice. And Asus are still. I mean, I think that they might be they're as good or better than gigabyte motherboards mm-hmm. overall. But all these companies, you know, they they make the same motherboards for different companies and that kind of thing. You know, Gigabyte motherboards are great. Um, yeah. I've I've never had any problem with them, and and those are the ones that they recommend. Um, so you go here, you buy your Gigabyte motherboard, you buy your Intel processor, um, say a quad core i seven twenty six hundred K, which is like the top Sandy Bridge processor. That's what you have in yours, right? Yep. Uh, you buy pretty much any compatible RAM that'll work. Uh, you buy a case and a power supply, none of which really matter at all. The big thing is the Unless motherboard. Unless you really want them to be quiet. That's, right. That's, well, yeah. We, well, we'll get yeah, to our we'll specific get, we'll get builds in a second. So uh, you get your case, your motherboard, put those in, the CPU in. The thing that really matters is the motherboard, the CPU, and the video, video card. card. Yep. Um, however, if you scroll down on this custom act page, there is a list of video cards that work. Yeah, there, there's an entire list of video wiki yeah. for all of this hardware that you can look through. But but the the one on the custom Mac page, I mean, is literally like we have tested these, you know, 35 mm-hmm. cards, all of which work. Now, they usually usually the top and top of top of the line video cards, like the super high end six hundred dollar video cards, those usually are not what you're using, right? Uh, you're not using. What's the latest? Is it the Fifty nine hundred or five ninety, the GTX five ninety. GTX five ninety. That's like the super hot. That's the new hotness, right? Yeah. Um, but they're they're loud. They yeah. take a lot of power, and, and unless you're really pushing the envelope, 
unless you're gaming or something, it's it's not really necessary. In fact, the, but if you're gaming, you're probably not going to build a Mac. <laughs> right, right. But you can start with these with these tiny little GeForce GT two tens, which are thirty dollar video cards. You yeah. know, I mean, it'll work with stuff like that. You don't have to spend a lot of money on video cards. In fact, it'll work fine with the built-in Intel video on your Sandy Bridge as well. Did you ever use it with that? I did when I first started because they were out of stock on my video card. And, and it worked, I right? got really impatient. Okay. So I just built it. And, and it, it works? It, yeah, it works fine. Okay. It's, it doesn't have the same uh, screen resolution. Or Vim and, and Vigor. Right, right. And I don't think you're using Quartz Extreme. Oh, you're on. I, I don't know. Actually, I now think that, you now are I think, now. I am now, but okay. got the onboard. I don't think you're using. Um, I think you can on the onboard now CEO. because my um, my MacBook Air uses a Sandy Bridge chip with the built-in video. Does it? And okay. it works fine. Okay. So you know it must work on these Hackintoshes. Anyway, the point of point of fact is that you need to get the right motherboard and you need to get the right video card, and those are the really important pieces. Um, if you get those, you find two that are compatible that they recommend. You're pretty much home free. Now, mm-hmm. you put this all together, and we're not going to explain how to put together a computer because you guys have done this already. Uh, the next step, it used to be that you downloaded a, a ISO that you burned to a DVD, and that's what you booted from initially, like this, this special bootloader DVD. Uh, it used to be called iBoot, um, which was very handy and worked fine, and that's the way it worked with Snow Leopard. Um, did you ever... You did it that way with Snow Leopard. I did you? it that way, uh-huh, and right. then... Unibeast changed everything. Yeah, so they came out with a little app called Unibeast, and what it does is it you down you, if you download Lion on another Mac, you have a friend with a Mac laptop, or you have a Mac laptop, or you know, you you can go on there, you can buy Lion, and it saves the big Lion installer in your downloads folder or in your uh, applications folder, and you you stick a USB thumb drive into that computer and you run Unibeast and what it does is it takes that in the macOS Lion installer and puts it onto the USB key with all the other stuff it needs to be able to boot and run the installer all like on one little USB key and it's amazing. Uh, yeah. It's called Unibeast and if you do that you can basically take that little USB key, plug it into your new computer, boot from the USB key, and if all goes well, you will be in the macOS Lion installer screen. Um, did you ever have any big problems getting there? Not with not with UniBeast, but okay. the, the previous generation with iBoot and MultiBeast, because there are some options for... And it, they were little things. It was audio not working, like we mentioned before, or networking... Not yeah. working, but I mean, but just um, I mean, but just getting to the to the installer. You never had any problems. Oh no, 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 no. Okay, uh, yeah, no, because I, I I used their guide to a T. In fact, I I I think it's still up. Uh, the the version that I used the iBoot or the MultiBeast way. Um, first one was MultiBeast. Okay, but uh, I used their. I'm, I'm talking their hardware configuration. I oh, just okay. Oh, I see. What you're saying. Yeah, click, click 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 and bought everything that they recommended. Okay, and it, it worked beautifully. Okay. Yeah, and 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 that's and that's the way to go. Again, if you get the right hardware, this is easy. So, you use UniBeast and you install macOS and you what you do is you after you first install it, it'll say, "Okay, now you need to restart into macOS." What you do is you boot back to that USB thumb drive. Because what macOS is doing is it just it installs macOS on your drive, but the version that's on your hard drive doesn't have all of that uh, fake SMC and the bootloader and all that stuff on it yet. 
So it doesn't know what to do. Right. So what you do is you boot to this UniBeast thing, and instead of going in the installer, you go into your new hard drive that you just installed it on. Right, uh, and it, it uses uh, a bootloader. It's called Chimera. Yes. Uh, that kind of gives it all of these instructions that, yep. you, that you were mentioning. Right. So uh, if all goes well when you do this, you will end up at the normal Lion screen where you, you know, make accounts and set up all the different, you know, uh, iCloud and location and, and all that kind of stuff. And you end up at your Mac desktop. Now, in order for it to be that it's completely, sometimes you will get there and the, the resolution of the screen will be wrong, you know, just be low res at the first, that kind of thing. Um and maybe the audio doesn't work, and maybe your network doesn't work, but it, but you you know you're in Lion. That what you need to do is essentially install all the drivers for these things. And uh, the Tony Mac guys have created an app called MultiBeast, which uh, does a lot of the work for you. So uh, what you do is you download MultiBeast usually on another machine and stick it on a thumb drive or whatever, and. Uh, run it and you make a bunch of selections on this giant menu, which they give you instructions on. Um, and what that does is it installs the drivers that you need for your particular setup, the things you choose. And it also installs the bootloader and everything on the hard drive that you installed on or the SSD so that then you could just boot straight from that SSD or the hard drive. And, uh, and that's in a nutshell, that's the process. Um, it, it's, it really is amazing. I mean, it's the, the, uh, again the amount of of work that these guys and girls have uh, have put into this to get it to work is is kind of astonishing. Yeah, no, it's 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 amazing that this stuff works at all. Um, and it when it works perfectly, it's like, oh my god, that's so easy. That's as easy as installing macOS yeah, yeah. on a Mac. And they've just updated. Uh, in fact, it was I think last week. Uh, a new version of MultiBeast. Right. They're continually and, updating it with like the latest kernel extensions, which are like the equivalent yeah. of drivers in Windows. Yeah. Full power management support, right. um, real tech audio support, networking support. I mean, it's just okay. it's amazing. Now, the, uh, the one thing we need to mention is uh, DSDTs. Now, that one was, yeah, that's kind of a weird one to get your head around. Right. So I'm, I'm going to do it real, real thin for a second okay. here. Okay. Uh, on, on, on the current Sandy bridge custom acts and all the rest of it. Um, one of the things that Mac OS has a hard time doing when you install this fake SMC, it's doing, you know, it's, it's, it's making everything work and you can run line and all the rest of it. The one thing that it usually has a hard time doing is talking to the power management of the computer. So things Which like would be sleeping, sleeping waking, waking, restarting. That kind of stuff. So at first, sometimes you have a little bit of like hiccups, that kind of stuff. Or if you sleep it, it won't wake up or all this kind of stuff. So Which that's that prior to using DSDT, my machine, my previous machine wouldn't sleep. Right. It, it would. What happened when you hit sleep? Nothing? Uh, nothing. Okay. Or it would th- then I, I fiddled with it and did you know tried to to get it to work with some of the different text files, which is another thing that I don't know if you want to get into, but uh, it would sleep, but then it would never wake up. Okay, yeah. See, my old machine, my Asus machine, used to be the same way. Um, I just wouldn't sleep it. I just shut it down. But I had an SSD in it, so waking up in the morning was you know just restarting it, and that still only t- took less than a minute to boot up, so it wasn't a big right. deal. Um, but what they've done is they've created these things called DSDTs, which I can't remember exactly what it stands for. Uh, let's do a little search here. Differenti- uh, differentiated system description table. Basically what it does, 
is it's sort of a uh, uh, a translation between your hardware and Mac OS when it comes to power management. So Mac OS is thinking when I hit sleep, I press this button. And on your motherboard, that button's not where it's supposed to be. This little thing in the middle goes and connects these things up so that when macOS says sleep or macOS says wake, uh, your machine sleeps and wakes. Um, Right. It's like Google Translate for hardware or something. Exactly. And there is a different one of these DSDTs for each motherboard and theoretically each BIOS revision, which we will get into. But you just go download the right one for your machine and uh, it's part of the whole multi-beast thing. It installs this DSDT, and that makes sleep and wake work. Now, with the new brand, brand new machines, like the one that I built, this brand new Ivy Bridge one with the gigabyte motherboards, you don't need a DSDT, and it sleeps and wakes all fine. Like, the power management just works out of the box, which is a huge boon to this whole yeah. process. Uh, uh, and gigabyte has even gone to the effort to make these new things and they're they're uefi is right. basically what it's what it's called uh they're, so, they're making these uefi bios for older motherboards yeah. so not like, just the latest rev at the beginning of the show when i was talking about how uh, max used efi and and pcs use this bios the pc world is finally moving over to efi uh and and in doing so making it much more like natively much more like a mac as it is uh, which is why these new ones with this UEFI on the gigabyte just sort of work. Um, and I've been sleeping and waking. I haven't rebooted my computer in days, and I've just been sleeping and waking it at night. And mm. it, it's it's worked fine. I can't wait to try it. Yeah, so... It's, they, they just came out with the UEFI for my motherboard. Right. So here's the question. Why would you want to go through all of this? Because you're a tinkerer. Yes, that's a good reason. Uh, it I... As you guys know, I'm a photographer. I take a lot of pictures. I don't take a ton of pictures. I'm not the guy who takes 5,000 pictures a day. Um, There are guys out there who I'm sure do that. Um, But what you can get for the money building a Hackintosh is incredible. Uh, Here's here's an example. So my new system uh, has this Gigabyte motherboard. It's got uh, the the top-of-the-line... Ivy Bridge quad core uh, 3770K chip. Um, I've got 32 gigabytes of RAM. Uh, I have a 256 gigabyte Intel SSD in there. And I have currently, let's see, eight, no, nine terabytes of drives, hard drives in the case, all, all on there, including one uh, two drive RAID 0 array for to store my images, which I back up like every few hours. Did, did you do all your drives in the case? Oh yeah, I like having my drives internal. Okay, I thought you did them externally. No, no, no. I'm I'm a I'm a fan of internal drives, which is hmm. part of the reason why I like building my own machines. Because um, bare drives are a lot cheaper, and until Thunderbolt and USB came out, they were a lot faster. Right. Um, and so basically, what it comes down to is that I built this new machine. Now, this is no. This is just the case, the power supply, the motherboard, the RAM, the video card, the uh, CPU, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, No monitor, no keyboard, mouse, that kind of thing. Just the Uh, box. Yeah. I think I spent $1,200. I think that's what you told me. Yeah. A little uh, 12 and change. I have transplanted 
my hard drives from my old machine. So these are hard drives that I had bought before, but still there's, let's say there's $400 worth of hard drives in there. Um, but this is a machine that is a monster. I'm getting 14,000 Geekbench, 14,000 and change, which yeah. is, that's fast. It's really, really fast. Um, in equivalent, I'm going to go to the Apple store right now. Say I want a Mac pro, say I want a quad core Mac pro. Let's see. Uh, at 3.2 gigahertz, my current machine's running at 4.2 gigahertz. I want 32 gigs of RAM. I want an SSD. That's going to set you back a chunk at Apple. Yeah, let's they've, just see what the equivalent is. They've notoriously expensive on RAM. They've gotten down a little bit, but. Yeah, uh, the, okay. A quad core 3.2, which is much slower than my current machine. Uh, 32 gigs of RAM, uh, solid state drive. And uh, no, no other hard drives is four thousand three hundred twenty-four dollars. Yeah. So it's literally like a third of the cost. Um, and that is the big reason why. <laughs> I think that's that's it's probably the big reason that that people do it. Yeah, and it, and I think it's a perfectly valid reason to do it. I mean, if you if you like building your own machines and you want to save a little money and you also want something that's, I mean. If I bought a 12-core monster from Apple for five, six grand, yeah, it might be faster than this machine when it came to exporting video. But most of what you do in Lightroom and Photoshop, so we're talking about like a machine built for photo editing, like a workstation for photo editing. The great majority of the stuff that you do is not threaded to take advantage of that many cores. Mm-hmm. So your computer's not going to be any faster if you have 12 cores versus 6 cores versus 4 cores. I think 4 cores is very much the sweet spot right now. Yeah. The 12 core machines, that's for virtualization and yep. scientific applications. Yep. And video. That, that's and, not going to be and, a, a lot of consumer yep. or mainstream yeah. computing. The problem is that most of the stuff you do on photos can't be threaded. It can't easily be split among multiple processors. Um and these new quad cores are so fast anyway that it's not even really a big issue. Uh, yeah. So I've been using this new machine now for what about a month now, mm-hmm. I guess. And uh, I used it. I've, I've sort of taken a little break the past few weeks. And I had a shoot last week. And it was the first time I actually got to use the new machine as like my main machine because I had still been sort of working off the old one just in case. And uh, it was so fast. <laughs> How fast was it? No, it scared me how fast it was. A lot of my PSDs, <laughs> a lot of my Photoshop documents end up being two, two point two, two and a half gigabytes a piece, uh, which are big, or TIFF mm-hmm. files or PSDs. And it used to be that I'd hit save and it would take thirty seconds to save these files. Now I've done a number of things. I have a faster computer and I've created a RAID zero array, um, but it's now down to about ten seconds. Yeah, to save these files. I mean, and literally, which, you know, okay, it doesn't sound like a lot, 20 seconds, so what? But over the course of dozens or even hundreds of yeah. images, yep. you're saving a lot of time. Yeah, and when you're importing and converting to DNG and you're, sure. you know, even just moving things around in Photoshop, the other nice thing, having 32 gigs of RAM, you were saying that Photoshop's all about RAM and swap. My machine doesn't swap. Yeah, you can load I, pretty much anything you can throw at it into RAM. Yeah, I, I never go below 100% on the memory indicator in Photoshop. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, if I do, it's because I have four of them open. Right. Right. You know? And, and that is a big, 
I don't know. It's just it's 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 nice to have this feeling like I have this machine that is not slowing me down in the slightest. There, you know, it's something that's if you're a, a tinkerer, if you you know like to build things, take things apart, you're going to be fine with this. It's it's that to me, I think is is the most fun of it. I, I for whatever reason, and you and I have talked about this, we enjoy tearing things apart and yeah we'll complain when something doesn't work but we really secretly kind of like that it doesn't work because then we get to get in there and monkey around with it and get it to work again yeah i mean if you're some wedding guy and it's the summertime and you're shooting four weddings a week and you know don't do this don't do this (laughs) um but i have not had in the year plus that i've been a year and a half that i've been using a hackintosh as my main machine i have never had a situation where it stopped me from doing my work. In fact, I haven't have, had any real problems at all. Have you ever had um, any sort of kernel panic in the middle of doing something? Mm, no. When I when I first built this brand new machine before Ivy Bridge was even working in macOS, and there was like all kinds of crazy hacks to get it to work, like a month and a half ago. Right. These uh, were like the kernel hacks you were telling me about. Yeah, like literally these processors were so new that Apple wasn't using them. So Mac OS didn't know what they were. And so some guys in the forums went and grabbed the open source Darwin source code from the Apple site and added those CPUs and recompiled the kernel. And there was a way to hack the kernel, but it was like this crazy workaround. When I did that, there was one time where I had a kernel panic, but mm-hmm. that was like, literally I was using a hacked kernel. Yeah. Um, I am using all stock stuff now and I've had no problems. This machine is more stable than my old machine. Yeah. And that's the thing is, is if, if you're, if you follow the, the guides and the directions of the people that are, that are writing these extensions and testing these, if you follow the guides in, in your hardware selection, you can build a machine that's absolutely every bit as stable as any other machine that you would use. Right. Now, the only thing is that, like, if something breaks or your hard drive crashes, like, this is not for somebody who's like, oh, my hard drive crashed, now i got to take it to the... Like, you're not taking this to the Apple store. Right. Um, you know, uh, support is on you and is on you, and, 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 and that's part of what you're paying for when you're buying a Mac is, is the fact that there's, like, this giant company behind it. Um, right. And, and I, you know, I love that, and I own a lot of Mac hardware, and yeah. I love that I can take my MacBook Pro in and go, hey this doesn't work, whatever this is. Yeah. Um, and, and they take care of it. I, yeah. I love that. And there, you're right. There is something to be said about it. Um, but this is fun too. Yeah. Like you said, I think it's, it comes down to whether you, if you were the, if you were a guy who would normally hot rod cars, but you're not into cars, this is for you. If you're mm-hmm. the guy who wants to get in his car and never have it not work exactly like you want, go, you know, Go buy a Porsche or not a Porsche. Go buy a BMW, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and it'll just work. And that's great if you want to go buy a Mac Pro and spend that kind of money on it. There was a a kid who was um, a friend of mine who I I did some trades with of lenses a little while ago, uh, wrote me a few weeks ago asking about Hackintoshes. And I sent him a bunch of information and he got back to me in the end. He was like, you know, I decided just to buy a 12 core Mac Pro. Nice. And, but that's like a $4,000 machine. Sure. 
I mean, like base model is like a four thousand dollar machine, and I was like, well, but that's that's right. great if that's and, your thing. And he's just like, because it'll be able to cut through the red one footage, my scarlet footage, really well. I'm like, well, if you have money for a forty thousand dollar camera, <laughs> then a four thousand dollar computer is not a big deal, right? But if four thousand dollars for a computer sounds like a crazy thing to you, um, then this could be a way to go to get a lot of power for a lot less money. Right. Now, earlier you mentioned, I wanted to touch on this. Earlier you mentioned, you know, find a, a, a friend that you can download uh, from the App Store, a copy of Lion or, or the upcoming Mountain Lion. Right. Uh, you can also purchase these things on USB sticks. So if you don't At the know Apple somebody, Store. Yeah, if you don't know somebody that uses a yeah. Mac or that, that that is running a Mac, yeah. uh, you, you do still have an option. You can buy from the app from Apple dot com. You can buy it on a USB stick. Yes, and do it that way. How much? Uh, how much do they charge for it? It's like sixty nine dollars or something. I think it was sixty nine dollars. So it's essentially is, the twenty nine dollars they charge plus thirty bucks for a USB stick. Right, forty bucks. Right now, um, Mountain Lion the upcoming is going to be digital release, only. Twenty bucks. Yeah, but a digital only, no USB key version. You know what? I think they'll come out with a USB key version. I really do. Okay, we'll see. Um, but the the cool thing about it is that uh, if you know somebody else with a Mac, then this is less of an issue. Yeah, yeah. Because you can log on to the app store as you a, a, and download small it. Small stumbling block. Yeah, uh, or if you have another Mac, that makes it a lot easier. It's always nice to with these kinds of things. It's always nice to have another computer somewhere available. Right. Because. If something goes wrong or while you're trying to get it together and get everything stable, like a lot of times you're doing a little research, you know, right? Uh, you're on the forums at, at Tony Mac or, or you're looking stuff up or you're downloading it, some. It makes it a lot easier because yeah. if you need to do, to download, you know, a particular text file or a particular utility and, you know, I've got my MacBook Pro sitting here, I can download it, throw it on a USB key transfer it over and, and right. you know, boom, you're done. Although, you know, I've had really good luck with this machine and you had really good luck with your new, your Sandy Bridge machine. My, yeah, my latest machine, I've had really good luck with it. I mean, you just um, stick, stick within the, the setups they recommend and you should be good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so anything else you want to add? No, I'd, I'd love to, to hear if anybody does decide or has built uh, a custom Mac or Hackintosh, however you would like to, to call it. Um, have you had any problems or has it been pretty seamless? It seems to be not only the community that's making it easier, but, you know, like you said earlier, Apple doesn't seem to be making it too difficult to make this happen. And they could, I think, if they wanted to. Sure. No, of course they could. Yeah, they, they could totally be jerks. Um but I, I like the fact that they don't because you know what I have an iPhone I have an I have an iPad three yeah. I have you know a, an old MacBook I've got a MacBook Air I've I've bought plenty of gear from Apple sure. I I feel no guilt in not giving Apple more of my money right um, right uh, as long as you buy the OS yeah I and, you know, and don't I, and don't I, please don't steal the OS or yeah. torrent it or anything like that if you're going to try this you know pony up the 30 bucks and, and go yeah, buy the legit. OS and you know what I even did I even went and once I got everything working I, I threw 10 bucks to Tony Mac yep me too me too and someday I'm going to give even more money to them because they literally are a bunch of kids I think they are no Tony Mac I think is like is, is in his 30s 
Yeah. What was the the one girl that just uh, that just passed girl. away? She was sixteen. One of the programmers. Sixteen years old. Already had her degree in in engineering. Uh, and and was one of like the big people in this in in this whole movement. And um, yeah, she passed away last Sunday from leukemia, from a failed uh, 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 stem cell transplant. But uh, but yeah, so you know th- these people care. You know, these people take this stuff very seriously. Yeah, it's this it's is, not about not a fly by stealing night thing. from the man. No, this is totally a community of people who want to make something better. And they said, you know what? Apple's not making the kind of computer I need, and I want to use their software because it's really great. And and so I'm going to make it work. Mm-hmm. And they do. Um, yeah, so I'm cool. going to put a bunch of links in the show notes. I don't know how. I guess I just won't number this one. This will be like special. Sure. Uh, so again, if you were here to listen to us talk about photography, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we just hopefully out, you'll find this interesting. Hey, though we put I mean, out an episode two days know. ago, so yeah, we'll be back next week. Um, maybe else? even live. Yeah, we keep talking about that. We did a little test this morning. It was it was promising. It kind of worked. Yeah. Um, so if you want to write to us, it's podcast at ontakingpictures.com. And you can also find us at ontakingpictures.com uh, slash podcast or on Twitter. It's at Bill Wadman, W-A-D-M-A-N, or Jeffrey oh. Sidoris, which is, let me get it right, E-R-Y-D-D-1-R. That's it. Bingo. Ah, it's so good. Yeah. Anything to add? So we'll, no, no. We'll, we'll see you next week. Back with photography stuff next week. Yeah. Enough, enough with nerd time is over. Nerd, yes. nerd time is officially ended. We now return you to your non-nerdy life. Your regular schedule of programming. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. See you next week. Bye. You think we did that well? I think so. What do you think? Yeah, I think this is good. You know, yeah, d- definitely, you know, special episode. <laughs>